I did it as a post one time and everyone loved it. Like on Instagram when I was real busy, I was like, you know, listen, I'm going to be honest. I'm just out here looking for someone just like me. Mm. <laughs> and that's, I was sharing that with my single community and just letting them know, you know, I felt the same way. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a healthy understanding that you have values that you've chosen because you, you value the, your values, right? right. You don't, you, you've made decisions because it's meaningful to you in ways of how to do life. And when you find someone else who has that same value of how to do life, it just makes it so much easier. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril here with my co-host, Pastor Elliot Anderson. And Love and Life is your place to hear conversations grounded in psych research, psychotherapy, and biblical truth to help us thrive in love and life. Happy Valentine's Day from love and life from us to you. We hope you are enjoying the day filled with tons of love in various forms from various people, including pups and kitties, should you have them. We were trying to think about what we want to talk about today. We have a broad audience. There's single ladies who found me years ago, some of whom have now become engaged ladies and married and perhaps mamas. And then Elliot's community is built up of a lot of couples who he's worked with and counseled from the engagement stage all the way to some couples who maybe have gone through some crises. So we thought, what is a topic that would be broad enough to speak to all of us and touch all of us on this special day? Tim had an idea. He said, you know, one of the themes of love and life seems to be that we can really believe that relationships don't have to be such a struggle. That the old ball and chain and the notion that, well, relationships take so much work, but the, is there possible? Is it, is it possible that there's some fluidity, that there can be some ease, that there can be an element, and hopefully the entire relationship can have that natural cadence that isn't so much hard work. So when Tim came up with that idea, I loved it. And I said, well, Tim, since it was your idea, you got to join us. So Elliot is in Cincinnati because his kid just got a job. So they're getting an apartment. And Tim is here to talk with us about the notion of relationships being, uh-oh, unpopular opinion. Maybe they can be easy. What do you think, Tim? <laughs> well, Karen, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's cool to be on this side of the, the microphone. I'm always here, but I'm usually on the other side. So thank you for having me. So to kind of anchor our conversation, I wanted to share a song I wrote that is based on this topic. And I overheard Dan say to his sister one time when we were married, we'd only been married about a year, year and a half. And he said that being with Karen is so easy. It's like breathing. And I just was so touched by that. And again, as I shared, I'd been through a lot of relationships that weren't easy and calling off an engagement, not easy. And to have Dan feel, and again, he was married before in a marriage that started out, I'm sure, wonderful and, and beautiful and then became hard. And so for him to say that was so touching that it inspired me to write this song called Breathing. And I thought Tim could maybe weave in some of the lyrics throughout as we touch on some of these themes. This is our heart and our wish for all of you, no matter where you are in your love journey, that what comes to you and in in the love realm will be easy like breathing what we are is everything i ever hoped and prayed our love could be it better still somehow
full disclosure for some of Elliot's listeners who don't know my background, I went through a ton of relationships just because I didn't get married till I was 42. So I had many, many intense loves <laughs> and then found the love of my life. And so my point in saying all this is that I know what it's like to be in a relationship that is really hard. I know what that's like. And I also know what it's like to be in a relationship that there's such a struggle because there's still good stuff there. There's a lot of it that's really great. And so those parts that aren't working, sometimes we think, well, if we just dig a little harder, dig a little deeper, we'll make it work. And it's so good on paper. Now I'm referring to my ex-fiance, where we were matching, aligned on so many levels, like on paper. If we handed each other our resumes, we'd be a perfect fit. Yet there was an emotional connection that just wasn't happening, which made it feel hard. So Tim, when you think about this topic, what does it mean to you from your experience and people you know and, and relationships you've been in and seen? And I know you and Abby have a very easy, loving relationship, so praise God for that. But what is it? how does it speak to you, this topic? I think for me, you know, I'm curious how maybe some of our paths crossed because we got to where we are in very, very different ways. So I was married and nowadays fairly young, so I was, you know, 24 years old. You know, we met in high school briefly, but... It wasn't until we were 19 where we started dating. So we dated for several years and then, you know, got married. We're engaged for six months. And then we actually had kids six months after getting married. So, and then also too, you know, I didn't have any real serious relationships beforehand. So, you know, I had had some relationships that were, I would say, unhealthy, but, you know, I was never engaged before. It was nothing ever serious. I was never with anybody that, you know, I thought, this would be a long-term relationship. And so definitely a different path. But I think for me, you know, being on Love and Life since, you know, 2018, a lot of, you know, what I've heard from you is, you know, constantly talking about how your relationship with Dan is very easy. And I've always heard that and thought to myself, you know, that's, that's kind of how I feel actually about my marriage. You know, I've been married 10 years now. For me, the thing that was was the biggest thing is just this idea of shared values. And so I know you've talked about yeah. that a lot. And so, you know, when Abby and my, I met, uh, that was a huge thing right away is like, you know, do we, are we compatible and do we connect? And so a lot of the relationships around us, even to this day, you know, I see a lot of conflict. I see, you know, this idea of like opposites attract. And I'm not sure how mm -hmm. you feel about that. Do you have any thoughts on that just off the top of your head? Yeah, they attract and it can be real steamy for yeah. a hot second <laughs> okay, and then it's go. not going to go the distance. Yep, I'm with you okay. totally. Okay, yeah, I don't know all the psychology behind it. I just yeah. know what I know. So <laughs> yeah, So yeah. So I've, I've, I always heard like opposites attract. But, you know, when I met Abby, you know, there was a lot of compatibility. And, you know, just off the bat, you know, I'm a producer and so I'm usually not the one talking. So I'm a very chill <laughs> and kind of relaxed person. And I noticed that right away that our, our temperaments were very much the same. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've also heard it negatively talked about, like, you know, you're trying to marry someone who's just like you. And I wouldn't say that at all about our relationship, but there is this commonality in the way that we live life, that we approach life, what we value. And that goes down to beliefs and, you know, raising kids. And I think for us, because we got married and had kids so quickly, it forced some of those things up right away. Like, mm. you know, we'd obviously talked about it beforehand, but, you know, six months into marriage, you know, she's pregnant. It's like, all right, we yeah. got to, we got to get on the same page because mm. there's a baby coming in nine months and, you know, we need to, we need to figure some things out. 
And so I think that forced us to kind of get on the same page quicker than maybe we would have had we waited longer. I'm not sure. So when it comes to kind of people around us, you know, I have a lot of friends and people who, who did kind of marry opposites. And I even think about, you know, Elliot, when he talks about his relationship with Angie, how they're, you know, she's kind of more the aggressor and things like that. And, you know, they've made that work, obviously, and work really well. But there's, I can get to it more later, but there's some things in the way that, you know, Abby and I approach our relationship that just works really well for us. Yeah, it's funny when you said people might look at you and go, what are you trying to do? Like marry someone just like yourself. So when I was single all those years, Tim, there, I, there literally that thought came to my head. I was like, I'm just looking for the male version of me. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was blessed to, as Love and Life listeners know, Ellie and I have this very strong parents, these very strong parents that raised us and we were, I think, grounded. And Elliot shares our dad, the book he wrote about our dad on all his values that he would say to us over and over again, so, so often that they come to mind very readily. And that gave us this very strong sense, I think, of who we are. And I feel thankful for that. Mm. So I didn't. And then when I saw the research that Actually, the more, and it was actually one of my marital therapy classes in grad school where the professor said, values shared, similarities are money in the bank. It's yeah. just easy, getting back to the easy theme. It's easy because you don't even think about it. You go, oh yeah, we agree on that, boom. So when these big crises come your way, which they will, yeah. grief, pain, death, loss, then you have this similarity of the way that you move through them. And that makes such an easier movement again. And so I'm, I just think it's funny. I did it as a post one time and everyone loved it. Like on Instagram, when I was real busy, I was like, you know, listen, I'm going to be honest. I'm just out here looking for someone just like me. Mm. <laughs> and that's, I was sharing that with my single community and just letting them know, you know, I felt the same way. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a healthy understanding that you have values that you've chosen because you, you value the, your values, right? right. You don't. You, you've made decisions because it's meaningful to you in ways of how to do life. And when you find someone else who has that same value of how to do life, it just makes it so much easier. Yeah, I think I've heard it in the negative way where it's like, if you marry someone just like you, then you, know, are you, you never want to be challenged. You never want to be. And so kind of from that angle, but sure, I, mm -hmm. I don't think that's what you're saying at all. And no, like you said, crises and challenges will come. Yeah. We want to take a moment to say a quick thank you to our community for supporting our sponsor, The Wellness Company. We've been so thrilled to partner with their team of esteemed medical professionals, including Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Harvey Risch, Dr. Drew Pinsky, and other truth-seeking doctors we can trust. Many of us are feeling some post-pandemic uncertainty, which makes perfect sense because now they're talking about this disease X that's supposedly about to break out at any time. But we can take charge of our health and prepare ourselves for natural disasters or man-made threats with the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit. It's the ultimate safeguard for your family. The kit includes vital medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z pack with a comprehensive guidebook researched and written by the company's chief medical board. Visit twc.health slash lovelife and use promo code lovelife for an exclusive 15% discount. That's twc.health slash lovelife and promo code lovelife, all one word, for 15% off your order.
it's not that you're, oh, we're exactly the same. I'm bored. (laughs) I know what what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say? No, because I mean, look at COVID. Life is going to happen and you're going to go, oh, how are we responding to this? Mm-hmm. And yeah, as a couple, you are saying we. And then, I mean, you think about all the couples who had different opinions and you heard these horror stories of couples going through divorce and some parents, one parent wanted the kids vaccinated, the others didn't. And I mean, those are huge issues. And I know that there were, I mean, I know people in my community with the dissident community where their spouse wanted to jab and boost and then they didn't. I mean, there's still a lot of things that are going to be thrown your way. And just full disclosure with Dan and me, he's busy. He's working so that we can do all the things we do and have the life that we love. I'm the one doing the the research and I'm the one who's going, wait a minute, let pump, let's pump the brakes. Are any doctors gonna like raise a hand like, hello, Fauci, maybe not. So I was the one who was doing that education to your point. I'm the one who's getting that content and then sharing it with him and he's going, okay, let me think about that. Yeah. Not like taking everything I said like 100%, but going, okay, I respect my wife. I yeah, respect her intellect. I respect her research skills. And then going, okay, you've, you've made a case. Let's do it. Well, this yeah. is the path we're going to be on for this. Yeah, and I think with that too, you know, something, again, just observing younger couples and families that we're, we engage with kind of don't know how good you have it until you have, yeah. not that comparing is the, the end all be all, but when you see people around you, it's like you see these conflicts they have over these topics, whether it's COVID or religion or school or, hey, is someone going to stay home with the kids? Are we both going to work? And anytime I see those conflicts and, you know, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like my life could be so much more difficult. <laughs> I was yeah. <laughs> with somebody who who didn't share, you know, my values. And so it's just such a, it's just go back to that money in the bank point you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And you can have differences. I mean, for a long time, Abby was a vegan and you were not, mm-hmm. and you guys made it work and you mm-hmm. have kids. And I'm sure you had like, okay, are the kids going to be vegan or they're not? And, and then she's, because she's a thoughtful person who does her own research and she's changed her tune on that a bit, but yeah. you guys can adapt to some of those very, I mean, that's a big, decision to say not eating meat and you went all right i love her that's what her values are right now so there can be wiggle room there but those core values we talk about and the research substantiates that in spades and that's so important and again it just makes it so much easier and again getting back to what you talked about when couples don't align on that that's where elliot's work with the premarital and then the pre-premarital which he works with some couples now at judson and other other places who are saying we're thinking about getting engaged let's let's see if our values align to the extent that it makes sense for us that we are a good fit to move forward yeah and maybe maybe you could break this down a little bit because i <laughs> i don't know the psychology behind it but some examples like that are you know yeah she wanted to be vegan uh, that was something she always wanted to do and didn't feel like she had the ability to try it. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do it, but I fully support right, you yeah. if you want to try that. Uh, you know, another thing is, you know, she has tattoos. I, I never, I know I don't have any tattoos. It's not something I'm interested in. And that wasn't, you know, growing up, she wasn't allowed to. So it wasn't something until she got married that was even an option. I'm like, Hey, if that's how you want to express yourself, I mean, you know, there might be certain placements and things I'm not a fan of, which we can talk about, but I'm I'm okay with it if you want to express yourself that way. And, you know, with all those things, I feel like, you know, not only are they not necessarily core issues or values, but by loving her in that way and supporting her in the things that she wants to do, you know, I don't know if it builds trust. I don't know if it builds just emotional bonds in your relationship, but, but all those things have benefited us more. And so, again, I don't know what the ins and outs of that are relationally, but all I know is it's, it worked in our favor. So 
Yeah. Well, I just think it speaks to, like you said, the trust and the respect you have for one another. And that is so key. And I know it's something Elliot works with and he needs to see that with his couples. We need to see that the, the foundation of respect, that I respect your intellect, your mindset, your the way that you think about the world, your philosophies. Mm-hmm. And when that's in place, then you can go, okay, because I have that respect, then I'm open to this new idea that you're bringing to the table here. Yeah. And that's so core. And, and just imagine how that would feel. And I think we've, most of us at some point have felt that. And I know some of the couples that come to Elliot's work for crisis, they felt that lack of respect that has been now communicated in their marriage or I know for me, when dating, there'd been times when I thought, I don't feel the respect I need to feel for someone. And that would be a reason I would break up with someone or because I thought, no, I need to know that I'm valued and (laughs) that my thoughts and my feelings and my way of doing life, my philosophy is valued as well. We talked about the marrying someone just like yourself. I think the other thing that is thrown out there a lot, which I definitely relate with, is people who say that you marry someone who's maybe like the opposite sex parent that you had. Mm-hmm. And so there are many ways that I would say temperament-wise that, you know, Abby relates to my mom. And then again, temperament-wise that I relate to Abby's dad, you know, just the way that kind of we speak and how we express anger and all those types of things. And so I was curious is if that is similar with you and Dan as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. I would say that the reason I never ended up with any of the other boyfriends that I had long-term relationships with, including my ex-fiance, was that I there was a kind of combination of traits and features that Dan possesses that my dad had that mm-hmm. I never quite found before. I think I was just still like, I got to have like a version of my father. (laughs) This isn't going to work. And yeah, completely. He's so driven. He is upbeat. He is curious. Like he's always wanting to learn like 25 books on the nightstand. And that was my dad (laughs) in spades. He's yeah. And though my dad was a musician, professor, and Dan is in business and sales, they have a very similar energy when they walk in the room that it's just, a lot of love. And my dad was like me in the sense that, or I'm like my dad, I should say, very strong opinions. And once he's done the research to come to that conclusion, it's, he's going to tell you about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and he's going to say it with energy and fervor and a commitment to his point. And Dan is very similar too, in the sense that he believes what he believes. And I love that conviction. And that's, sexy to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I agree with your point. And I would have to look at the research. I, I haven't looked at say, that in I a wonder, while. I wonder if there is any. I know. And I get it gets complex then too, though, Tim, you think that there would be, in some cases, people who didn't have a, a good relationship with their opposite sex parent. And so mm-hmm. that might be yeah, a place where 
they could maybe still be searching for that. We talk about the recapitulation of family of origin mm -hmm. issues. So say I had a father who wasn't available to me, who was gone half the time or took off when I was little. Then I may try to, in my adult romantic relationships, fix, quote unquote, sure. that relationship with my father by finding some other unavailable man and making him stay with me. So you can see a lot of the pathologies that we can get into. Yeah, unfortunately, and I would with say even with, you know, we both had parents that were together most of our lives and, yeah. Even even then, there's there's all sorts of healing and baggage mm -hmm. to work through. So it was by no mm -hmm. means perfect, but it is cool to see some of those similarities. But that easiness, getting back to the theme, is it will be easier because you've witnessed from zero to 18, at least, you witnessed mm -hmm. those dynamics in your parents. And so when you then step into similar dynamics based on the constitution of your partner, if Abby does kind of mirror in some ways your mom... That just makes it, oh, yeah, that's what wives do, right? Because you yeah. saw that. Yeah, it, totally. So it does, again, it gets back to that easiness. We'd love to connect with you further via our weekly newsletter. Joining the Love & Life family gets you first access to bonus content and flash sale pricing for books and consultations. And when you sign up, you'll receive Karen's Empowered Dating Playbook or my Empowered Marriage Playbook. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com to join the Love & Life family. You know, we talked. About, I've talked a lot about some of the the positive things. You know, I would say, and maybe this is where you can you can share some some wisdom. I would say that while I would definitely classify a relationship as easy, and especially if I were to compare some of the other couples I know, that doesn't mean it's been perfect. And there's been struggles. We've done counseling. We've done counseling with Elliot. You actually actually today is Valentine's Day. Is three years that we we've been counseling with Elliot, and a lot of growth and changes happened in that time. And so, you know, very grateful for him and, and everything he's done. But I would say that one of the things that we've always struggled with, with Elliot's trying to help is, you know, when we get in disagreements or, you know, quote unquote fights, because we're not fighters at all. And, yeah. you know, and when I say fighting, you think of like, you might have an image that pops in your head. But when I say that, it means yelling or raising your voice. That is just not how we at all are, are built or wired. And each of us have enough of that from our, our family of origins that we do not want to bring that into our family. And so I would say one of the, the negatives and just being married so young, and this is maybe where you waiting longer was a benefit is there are ways that when we had disagreements for almost our entire marriage until we had a counseling where I have a lot of avoidant tendencies. And so to go to Elliot's animal styles that he uses, you know, I would be a turtle. And so hiding mm -hmm. away in my shell. And then mm -hmm. Avi is the teddy bear who is just kind of like not not avoiding the same way, but like, can't we just all get along and 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 be good? And on top of that, there's there's a book that Elliot highly recommends called How We Love. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a it's a very popular relationship. I think just from him. Yeah. And they have they have their own like version of kind of like attachment styles. And one of them is the it's called the pleaser. And that's the one I fall into. And so I can fall into tendencies where instead of maybe expressing how I'm feeling or emotions, I'm just trying to make sure, are you good? Everything's good. You know, we don't have to get into anything that's going to cause distress or <laughs> for anybody mm -hmm. to. And so it's, it's all that kind of avoidant tendency. And so I would say that when we fight, it's like, oh, yeah, fighting's easy. But sometimes that is meant not really addressing real problems. And that's part of what counseling has been. And Elliot's been like, you guys need to learn how to 
how to argue and disagree or, or fight whatever language he uses. And it doesn't mean, again, raising your voice or, or being mean-spirited at all. But I think that those are some of the things that, again, just getting married so young and not having, and she, she never dated anyone before me. And so it was very new for both of us. And so I don't know if, if you and Dan have navigated that well, or, or maybe you have some tips for <laughs> us, us younger folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess my thought is I also have some avoidant tendencies too. Mm. So, and going back to Elliot's conflict styles, what did he say Dan was? Dan's the owl. Yeah, owl. So Dan won't let me, because I will sometimes, and now I will say, in defense of avoidant, I will say sometimes I, again, I was speaking to being someone who has strong feelings about a lot of things. Yeah. And so sometimes I know that if I just pop off with what's in my head right now, it, I need to cool down sometimes. I, I just tell myself, let me take a block, a walk yeah, around I'm the block. I'm me... surprised to hear you say you're avoiding because I would not have guessed that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do sometimes because I just go, what's the point? I don't want to. Yeah, it's funny. I think that's what's so interesting about these styles and such that they can be contextual sometimes. Yeah, of course. In different domains, different issues. Like with Dan's kids, for example, I... I'm a developmental psychologist. I don't have children myself, but here I was stepping into a stepmom role and there were some challenges along the way, still are. And I speak my mind. And getting back to that respect piece we talked about, I tell him and I try to tell him in a loving way. And he definitely has ears to hear. I know a lot of dads with kids, with a new wife who doesn't have kids could get very defensive and he doesn't do that, which I'm really thankful. So in that context, I will speak. But there's, I try to do it again in a loving manner with like, hey, there's some research on this or that sort of thing based on what I know from the work I've done and the degrees I have. But I do sometimes need some time to just process myself. And oh yeah, that, that that's processor. where I would, yeah. And I'm a slow processor in some, yes, in some instances. I, me too, me too. Mm-hmm. And I need some time to, to mull on it. And I don't, and it also, Tim, I think comes from being single so long that I, I don't pop off like you need to fix this. This is this is now your problem. I'm still very much like, hey, my job is to manage my own emotional well-being, even though I'm married and even though we've committed to each other. So I think that I don't know, maybe avoidant isn't isn't even a true word, but just in broad strokes, sure. there can be instances where I'm like, I'm just going to sit with this for a bit. And whereas I think Elliot would be like, no, just have it out, you right, know, right. have it out. <laughs> Have a have a row or yeah, he's what not they here to defend himself, him. so go for it. <laughs> I know. I was thinking as a follow up, we should have Elliot talk to any of those couples who might be listening, who are going. But my marriage isn't easy at all, and yet I'm committed to it, and I don't want to leave. Yeah. So to give some of those pointers, Tim, to to what yeah. you're saying, that hey, we don't want it. Tim and I are like our our marriages are easy. Yay! <laughs> that's <laughs> we don't. That's could feel alienating to someone who's like yeah, in the thick of of a really hard marriage. Not looking to shame or, or guilt anybody. Every no. year, every different stories. The other thing I would add too is even though fighting fighting or arguing or disagreeing hasn't always been easy, I would say there's there's been a couple of things that have really helped me personally in our marriage where 
it, it just helps reframe everything for me. Mm. And so I think the biggest thing that we decide, first of all, is like, and we're, we're both, you know, just more sensitive people in general. And so any type of name calling or yelling or, you know, that's just at like an absolute, we just won't, won't go there. And, and so just those are lines we just, you never cross. And then I think the, the biggest thing for me personally is motives. And so something I have to tell myself over and over is if I ever feel hurt or feel ignored or feel that I'm being treated unfairly or unjustly or something, I always say to myself, stop. This is a person who you know loves you, <laughs> you know does not want to hurt you, doesn't have malicious intent. You know, I've never... I can't think of one time where I think she purposely tried to just drive a dagger in me, you know, for the sake of causing pain. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I can always stop and kind of reframe that and say, okay, if that's, if that's not what's happening, then something else is happening. There was a miscommunication. You know, I didn't communicate a feeling. I didn't, you know, there, there's something that else that has gone astray, but it is not done out of malicious, hurtful intent. And that has saved me from a lot of bitterness or resentment mm. and all those things that can can really drive a wedge, you know, between two people in a relationship. Yeah, because it's that believing the best in each other yeah. and of each other, believing that those motives, like you said, were pure, remembering you're on the same team. And if you are, even if there was a move that she made or a decision she made, you're like, I know it was in my best interests. Yeah. Or our family's best interest. I mean, with kids, that, that could be an additional, obviously, there are additional variables running around. And so there could be those times where she might have to focus on the kids and you're like, hey, don't forget the husband. Or yeah, I'm right. just putting like, words in yeah. your mouth. I'm, yeah. Did you blow me off? Did you mean to blow me <laughs> off? And it's like, <laughs> right. no. It's like, it was, I'm trying to raise our babies. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I think uh, marital therapists use that a lot. Remember, you're on the same team. Mm -hmm. And Dan and I, I love that you brought that up because I think it's really important. I always view things and it can be tough. Sometimes there's context where it's like, what was that about? Right. Always trying to remember we're on the same team. And if he took an action, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. have to give him the benefit of the doubt as his wife. And maybe it'll be explained later. But in that moment where I have the option to go to view him as like, what, what was that about? And, and question it or go, I know whatever that was about. It's for our benefit as a couple, as a team. 100%. So Tim, again, we're trying to reach a lot of folks at different stages of their love journey. And so for anyone who is single and going, I want that easy relationship. I want that easy marriage. I do want to share a little research that I came across. It really comforted me. It, I found it after I was married, but I it really substantiated the whole, I sh the whole notion of maintaining those high standards and not settling, which you know has been a theme of this podcast as well. And the research is from Dr. Donald Bacham. He's a psychology professor at the University of North Carolina. And he studied marital expectations for a decade. And he found people get what they expect. So people with low expectations, and I'm quoting from an article which we'll cite in the show notes, tend to be in relationships where they are treated poorly they don't expect any better. And people with high expectations tend to be in relationships where they are treated well. So 
if you're single and shooting for that easy marriage, believe that it's possible and maintain that high standard. And if you are in a marriage, and again, we'll have Elliot come and speak to this specifically because of his extensive background working with couples in crisis, let's start believing and expecting that our marriage can be better, that it can be full of healing and hope. And even in those crisis marriages or marriages that are going through recovery, as Elliot puts it, that we can we can believe and expect that marriage, moving through the storm, there can be some easiness at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I, again, I would just leave anyone yeah, with the encouragement that if you're in a relationship and it doesn't feel like what we're describing or talking about is possible. It, I believe it completely is, no matter what you know your upbringing was like, or who your parents were, or you know whether they're, they're present or absent, or whatever your scenario is, or even if your partner is somebody who's who's not fully engaged, or whatever it is you're going through. You know, none of this was meant to, to shame anybody and believe that the best for anybody and anyone's relationship, and that change is possible. And like you were saying, Karen, believing for the best that that our beliefs and the way that we live those out makes a huge impact on our life and will change our lives and those around us. Love it. Thanks, Tim, Thank for you. joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it was really fun. I have to have you on again. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Thanks, you too. And just like Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abram.